comfort and design do not necessarily go hand in hand, and, and I want some assistance on exploring this theme. Uh, I will call uh, for that on, on Blueprint's man of many icons, Blueprint's commentator on all things design, Colin Bissett. Colin, welcome. Hi, Jonathan. We've decided in this this bold new year of Blueprint for Living to for you and I to engage in conversation. I hope that <laughs> that that sits comfortably with you, Colin. We're 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 sitting in our comfy chairs, just chatting. <laughs> well, let's talk about comfy chairs because that it is it is an intriguing history, and I mean chairs once upon a time were fairly rudimentary and firm. Hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's really not um, until about the 1600s that you start getting proper upholstery um, coming in, sort of stuffings and webbings and things that are a, a little softer to sit on for, for rather than just a loose cushion. This is a, a chair that, that is properly designed to be comfortable in that way. And you get chairs uh, in, the, in the French court, for instance, um, uh, Louis XV's, Louis XVI's chairs that we still see today that are still immensely popular, especially with dictators in their <laughs> palaces. They sort of carved frame with the padded back, the padded seat, and even the little sort of pads on the on the armrests. Whether they're comfortable, I mean, they're fine. They're, they're absolutely fine. And that, this is the big issue mm. with, with chair comfort. It's chairs that are good enough and comfortable enough and certainly sort of better than sitting on a sort of wooden pew. But uh, whether they're, they're actually a comfy chair, well, that's something That's something else. When, when do we first see the word, and this is a word that I associate with this conversation, that word Chesterfield, when, do, when does that appear? Mm. Well, that's that's the mid 1700s, and that's again. I mean, that's that that's a chair that was meant to be comfortable enough. Um, it was Lord Stanhope who wanted a, a a sort of sofa or chairs for his home, so the guests could sit comfortably while they waited for an audience. <laughs> but he didn't want it to be so comfortable that they wouldn't want to leave. Um, so, and, and that's that again. What's that about? It's it's you know the deep buttoning. It's it's very well upholstered, but it can be a bit firm, and it sort of comes up to your sort of the middle of your back, so it doesn't support your shoulders. So you know you're fine. You're sitting there. You're comfortable enough, but you're not sort of lazing there. And that's a concept that'll come in much later. But um, but certainly it, it it's a huge leap from a hundred years before that, you know, where, where chairs looked nothing like that. So it was very influential. And it was something that was seen also in carriages of the time as well. So it, it shared that. And that's that's something, that's a theme that comes in as well. Interesting you mentioned carriages, because I guess there we start to see this comfort has a utility. This comfort softens the the the, mm. the bumps and bounces of the roadway and those those firmly sprung carriages of, of Victorian and previous eras. 
Well, indeed. And and um, when the coil spring was invented, it was actually invented in the 1820s. The coil spring was used for carriages being a little more sort of a bit softer, giving a softer ride. And then smaller versions of that were sort of brought into things like bedding and obviously into upholstery. It, it didn't really start coming into upholstery until later in the 1800s. Um, but it made a huge difference so that, uh, and, and it, it stays today. We still get sort of coil springs within some of our upholstery today because it's just so resilient and it lasts so well. Any um, conversation around these ideas must inevitably lead us to the modernists. Um, <laughs> a, a school that the, the, the mind doesn't automatically run to notions of comfort when we, we discuss, and particularly those of the early twentieth and mid century. Indeed, and um, you know they might have they might have used the word comfort certainly, but they certainly wouldn't have used the word comfy, which would have been far too sort of you know soft and whatever <laughs> um, bourgeois. Um, you get chairs like Rietveld did his red blue chair, 1917. This was a dish-style chair for the Schroeder House. Well, it wasn't for the Schroeder House, but it, it was in the Schroeder House in the 1920s. It's various planes of wood painted. It looks fantastic. It's incredibly uncomfortable. You know, it's better than a, you know, something at a bus stop, but, um, you know, it's just not comfortable. You've got the Bauhaus producing their cantilever chairs using tubular steel. Well, that's got a bit of bounce. That's that's comfortable enough, again. Um, and then you've got Mies van der Rohe doing the Barcelona chair for the 1929 Barcelona uh, exhibition. And that has a sort of, it's reminiscent of the of the Chesterfield because we've got a sort of buttoned, quilted sort of leather um, seat and back and this very g- graceful frame, this chromed frame. Um, but it's, again, comfortable. Is it, It's comfortable enough, but it's not a comfy chair. Um, it's really to look at, it's really to work within that environment of a very sort of modernist, avant-garde pavilion that wasn't wasn't anything, wasn't a house, wasn't anything. It was just a display of, wow, of different planes intersecting different construction methods. Is there anything in the, in the modernist canon that actually pursues comfort as, as an end in itself? Well, there's, there's Eileen Gray. Um, I'm thinking Eileen Gray and... Her, the Bendham chair that's um, late 1920s. Interesting that it's a woman that designed this. She admired Le Cabousier. <laughs> he admired her, but they had some contretemps later on. <laughs> this chair, it's it looks like a stack of tires. Uh, hence Bibendum. Bibendum was the the Michelin man with all his rolls of of. Um, tires around him um but it is actually very comfortable it's soft and and giving and it's a chair to sort of crawl into in a way um so it's it's not far off being a comfy chair <laughs> but i think you have to really sort of go post-war you start getting into the scandinavian influences um it's sort of started with alvar alto working with 
um, plywood, which again had some resilience, had some bounce to it. You get um, more Scandinavian-influenced chairs like uh, Eero Saarinen in America doing the wound chair of 1948. Um, He was asked to create a chair that was the most comfortable chair to be in since the womb. And it is. It's an incredibly um, comfy chair. This is a fiberglass structure, flat arms, uh, cushioned bottom. The whole thing is upholstered in foam covered with just simple fabric. And it allows you to move within it and it holds you. So you can sit, you can curl up in it, you can sit upright in it. It does lots of things. And that's 1948. Wow. At the same time, you've got different people like Hans Wegner in, in Scandinavia doing the Papa Bear chair, which is like a, a wing chair, but it's, it's much more modern. It's lighter. Uh, very familiar. I mean, all of these sorts of chairs, these mid-century chairs, we see them all the time, everywhere now, because they still work and they still they still are actually comfortable. So it's a sort of a big difference to the sort of 1920s where everything's a little bit intellectual, a little bit academic. Big, big change. Well, big change to actually, yes, to, to, to put people at their ease, to make comfort a, a, a design purpose. I I guess that increasingly comes into its own, that it increasingly is what we we look for in a a place where we flop. Where we flop. And, I mean, the 1960s was the the time of flopping, um, chilling out. (laughs) (laughs) And so you get things, you get the design of the beanbag chair, in and, and the inflatable chair, the blow-up chair, you know, you can just sort of take it anywhere and blow up an armchair. Not incredibly comfortable, but the beanbag chair, the Sacco, um, was incredibly comfortable. It was just basically a big soft leather or canvas sack of polystyrene beads. It's the sort of thing that everyone uses for their dog nowadays, <laughs> that beanbag. But it was it was amazing that you could just take it anywhere, sit in it. It would it would hold you. It wasn't great to get out of, but it was perfect for that sort of anti-bourgeois sitting on the floor cushions. Um, and but really, really worked. The idea of this sort of bags of upholstery. I mean, this is this is what I call the the, the bin bag school of design that I think we've come to now. In that we have frames holding these sort of bags of upholstery um, that are often just stapled onto onto a frame. So it looks very cozy, looks very comfortable. They're they're um, chairs to sprawl on. But they're not chair, very good chairs to sit on. I mean, they, you know, often the, the chairs that we sit on today, watching television, we've got our feet up, lots of cushions around us. We're sort of moving around a lot. It's a bit like a bed, really. Whereas to sit and perhaps read a book, be old-fashioned like that. <laughs> what do we want to sit in? Probably something like a wing chair. And so those sort of mid-century designs or an actual old sort of Chesterfield-style wing chair are incredibly comfortable for sort of holding us and helping us concentrate on what we're doing rather than sprawling and eating and drinking in front of the television. <laughs> it's, uh, sprawling is, is, is the modern mode of comfort, but that's such an 
such an interesting tension between those those two states of a of, of an alertness that's required to read, as opposed to the rather inert form that's that's more what, what suited you, to more supine. When you read a book, yes, I, I, I would. Well, we do read a lot in bed, of course. That's the counterpoint to put mm. there. But yes, yes. I'd, I'd like a chair that, that held me, that that had a light behind it, that was somewhat upright. That's mm. a, it's a perfect place to read. Yes, and something that supports your shoulders and often your head um, is is lovely. You know, just put your head back and it's supportive. It, really, I was thinking about the comfy chair, thinking about this conversation we're about to have, and I was thinking, what's the most comfortable chair in my household? And I was thinking, well, really, my car my car seat, um, you know, because it's, I've got lumbar support, it, it holds me at the sides, it's very comfortable to be in. I can sit in it all day when I'm, if I'm driving um, all day. And that idea of um, car chairs, I suppose, business class airline seats, office chairs, good office chairs, you know, and, and these recliner chairs that we can buy today, not the sort of Fraser type, Fraser's father's type, but more sort of ergonomically designed chairs. They've, they've all got a lot in common because they're, they're really holding you, very, very supportive and, and supposed to be really supporting you, so not doing you any harm as you sit. Oh, comfort, Colin, very, very much by design. Thank you so much, and I hope that you are, as we speak, sitting comfortably. Indeed, I am. <laughs> Thanks. Colin Bissett, a design critic and author, and Colin's, Colin's icons of design, and there are many, many years of them, uh, are available to you on the ABC Listen app. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.